This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. This week we're talking about Cowboy Bebop the movie. Yeah, Yeah, let's relax from this uh, pandemic and take your minds off of it by watching a movie about bioterrorism. Yeah, I thought about that as we were watching. Yeah, I forgot. It. <laughs> That's what it was. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. It, it occurred to me like there's like a, a joke in the beginning where they're like all running away from Faye because she might have a thing. But anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking the same. Why are we watching this? But all right, <laughs> um, this movie came out in 2001. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, directed by. Four people? I don't know what the hell is going on here. Shinichiro Watanabe. Yes, there you go. Watanabe, mm-hmm. Okamara, Okiura, and Takai. I'm not going with. The... It's mostly it's mostly a Watanabe joint. All right. Yeah. Um, written by Kiko Nubumuto. Wait, wait. Nubo Muto. I'm sure I said that wrong. And as every other name. And Hajime Yatati. No idea. I'm not going to read this cast, guys. I know. Well, we listened. <laughs> To the American version. But, uh, yeah, here we go. Koichi Yamadera, Ushio Ishizuka, Mejigomi, Hashayoga. That's it. And then... All right, well, well, if, if we scroll down yeah. a little bit to the <laughs> IDB, uh, it's it's kind of a who's who Steve Blum. Uh, yep. That's it. I can say his name. You go the rest. Bo Billingsley, uh, the great Wendy Lee, Safan, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Hale, um, you know, go down the list. Kirk Thornton, Michelle Ruff, uh, lots of other recognizable names if you uh, happen to follow uh, voice actors. Jameson Price, uh, the list goes on. All right. All your favorites, Chef. Yep, all of them. Uh, So, Scott, this is your movie. Did you see this when it came out? What's your history with this movie? So, so I... It was obviously released in Japan first, uh, but when they did, they did release it over here. Um, again, a limited release with the dubbed version um, at like some of the the local art houses. Where we're if if you're into it, we're we're kind of lucky that we live in an area where we get to go to those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I got got to see this in in its theatrical run here in the, in the United States. Uh, and, and greatly enjoyed it. I'd, I'd seen the the anime, the anime, the the season. The, well, it's only, it's only the, the one season um, before this, and, and was excited about the whole endeavor, and I uh, enjoyed it. All right, Alex. Uh, I probably went with Scott to watch the movie. It's very yeah, possible. I think it was us and maybe a few other people, like a handful of people and stuff. Uh, yeah, and actually it was Scott that introduced me to the Cabo Bebop series, which I fell in love with right from the first episode. It's fantastic. Uh, this, uh, a little side story, uh, I went to the Art Institute for college, and everybody over there, all the professors are like, you can paint anything you want, don't, don't paint any anime bullshit. 
don't don't give me any anime, no anime drawings, <laughs> none of that shit. Every single professor was like that, except for uh, one of my professors goes by the name of Mike Tracy. He is a Disney veteran. Tracy. He was a Disney veteran. He worked on like uh, Bambi and the Iron Giant, a, a bunch of movies. And he was in my storyboarding class, and he pulled up Cowboy Bebop and Cowboy Bebop the movie as examples of, like, solid storyboarding and uh, um, set uh, set layout and stuff like that. So I was very impressed and surprised that he would actually, like, uh, there, know there was there that's That's pretty cool. Um, also, there was a movie called Bambi and the Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah, it was the sequel to Bambi vs. Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah. Bambi wins that time. <laughs> um, so this came out in 2001. This is all when we were working at our place, right? Did you guys go with like other people? Do you remember from our work, or is this more of your? Yes, I remember. I I think our old boss went. Okay. Uh, Alex is my old boss anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my. F- I think. Uh, couple time guest wade was there okay. and, I, and some other friends um yeah we, we saw it at the the uci uh whatever the hell that's called yeah the tiny theater um yeah yeah the village whatever yeah theater. um yeah i I'm, I'm curious like how we found out about it like and who put the word out it there's a good chance it was me because we were on the internet all day that was our yeah, job. i was gonna say yeah. um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is this is like the early days of that stuff. So I wonder how it would have worked, like to get the, to get the word out of that there was this kind of limited showing of, of this super niche thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, for me, my history with this movie is two hours ago. I started it and I watched it. <laughs> we have, regular Scott. You guys have talked about this movie a lot, uh, or this show anyway, and stuff. So. We decided to finally, well, we put it to the list, and this time we got to watch it. So that's it. I did not see it in the theater. And you, know, you, have not, and you have not seen the animated series. No. And you knew nothing about it. I just knew it was uh, anime, which is okay. I mean, I mean it's interesting because then, then we'll be able to get your perspective as somebody who just has the movie, and nothing else. In yeah. Office. That is true, but also a person who is extremely biased against anime. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that is also true. <laughs> I would be like your other pro- uh, professors, Alex. <laughs> yeah, no anime! No anime bullshit. I don't want to see it. Alright, well... To get that Jap animation out of here. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into it. As Like we do each week, each of us are going to talk about seven items for the movie. So Alex... I mean, sorry, Scott, lead us off. What's your number seven? Uh, sorry, one second here. Um, so... Um, number seven, you know, like like we were just talking about, it's it's based on the series. Um, so th- this is something that I think is really lost for people that that aren't fans and haven't watched for and you know for better or worse. I'm guessing worse in your case, Jeff. Um, but I, I do think this is an excellent companion piece. Um, I think kind of the the story goes where they didn't want to do anything else, but everybody was like, you got to do something else, you got to do something else. Because it was so popular, and they they finally, you know, did the movie um, that that we watched, uh, and and I think it, it fits well. So it's supposed to take place um, around episode like between like episode sixteen or seventeen or something like that in in the actual series. 
Um, but it's, it's uh, there's a few things in here that actually elaborate on stuff that happens at the end of the series, which is kind of cool that you would never get <laughs> if, you, if you didn't watch the whole yeah. thing. Um, one, one of the other cool things to go along with that though is is room to to kind of breathe on the bebop. So I don't know if you caught this, Jeff, but the bebop is the name of the like ship that they all kind of like call home. <laughs> All right, well, that answers one question. What the fuck is Bebop? (laughs) They they did show a shot of Bebop painted on the side of the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's easy to miss, though. (laughs) As I was watching that, I was like, Jeff probably has no idea (laughs) what the the name of the ship is. Uh, But it's called the Bebop. The cowboy part should be more obvious. Um, They keep referring back to them being kind of cowboys and they're bounty hunters. Right. yeah, it was just kind of cool to, to see them, like, like the the four of them and, and I and the dog um, all kind of go through their, like, when they're, when they're not under duress, I guess. Like, when they're not having to do the episode-to-episode thing. Uh, was, was, is, is, was and is a lot of fun uh, for me. Uh, so all that together is, is my number seven. Just, again, pointing out the, the connection to the series kind of pays off here. All right. Alex, number seven. Uh, my number seven is the English VO. But I this is one of the few anime series where I actually prefer the dub series over the original Japanese. Uh, this was around the time when voice actors actually started getting good. <laughs> uh, so it was. Uh, it wasn't real Casey treat. Kasem, <laughs> right? <laughs> Reggie, likes likes yep. Scoob. Um. So yeah, that's it. After a while, I don't even rem- I don't remember what a Japanese Spike or uh, Jet or anybody sounds like. Honestly, it's all all I remember is the English VO cast, and that says a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For diehard yeah, anime I'm, fan. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm definitely fans of, of these actors. Like it, they it's on one hand it sucks because I always, more often than not you're like you recognize them, but they're they're so good, you know, and they, they have so much iconic stuff under their belt. If, if again, if you're into this, uh, into like the animation stuff, I mean, they, they they do like Western animation too. Um, yeah. But like Jennifer Hale's in this; she's an all timer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, Wendy Lee, Steve Blum, uh, again, some of the other names that I mentioned. Uh, yeah, it, it is great. It was at that time. It was this and Golden Boy that were English voice actor preferred. <laughs> Alright. Alright, my number seven. This is boring. <laughs> like, there's other stuff. I I have some good things to say about this, but I found I in the middle when they were explaining I was I was, I was falling asleep. It was hard for me to figure out what the fuck was going on. And I was bored. <laughs> yes. You know, Jeff, as I was watching this, like I I every every like few scenes I, I i caught myself thinking i wonder if jeff knows what's going on <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's not the easiest movie to follow I, I'll, I'll grant you that uh like overall with, with all the different little plot points yeah um, uh, i i mean i don't know if we get at the end not the end the middle the last i don't know the beginning of the third act when 
the different armies were showing up to the the ISSP and then other people. I had no idea who was what was like the main characters <laughs> and the Vincent guy. Also, I was kind of following that, although I still don't understand Vincent's whole backstory. But like, I kind of but this other thing going on when they were they're the ones who got the nanobites out there to begin with. But I I just I was lost and bored. Like sometimes when they were going deep into stuff, like I like that sometimes and there were some cool character moments but for the most part they lost me it started out really well then they lost me ended up ended pretty well as well but in that middle part i i was having a hard time so yeah i don't blame you i don't remember the board the movie losing me like it did this latest viewing so they could they could have tightened it up a bit yeah to to be fair i was remembering the that whole scene when they, they go through the water treatment plant like because it came up and the music started. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that, that track. I'm like, this track is, like, the music's rad here. <laughs> it goes on for, like, 12 minutes. I know, minutes. it's like, Jesus, <laughs> well, yeah. like, It shows them going through every corridor and everything. And, and then the other group shows up. Like, the other troops show up, like Jeff yeah. says. And I was like, okay, this this was a little... It's it's awesome that they went through all this animation. Like, I, I, I kind of, like, appreciated the balls doing that. But, yeah, it was a bit much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, number six. Number six was, was the the lengths they went to in this kind of building out a real world. Um, I'd kind of forgotten that uh, as I watched again. And it kind of starts with the opening credits where they're yeah. all just kind of a like, slice of life. And I and I really liked it the first time. I, st- I really liked it again now. I'm just all these random people. And then they're kind of in beat to the music. Um, and then... You know the rest of the movie, all like so you have like the main characters and they're they're pretty stylized and, and they they definitely stand out, um, and, and some of the other kind of plot heavy characters as well. But all the like the, the people that they just like go by, like they all just look like normal people. Like they they don't look very anime, um, yeah. and they, they 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 just put so much detail. Like everywhere they go, there's just a ton of people going around. They all look like normal people. The world they're looking in could be like New York or Chicago. Um, you know, that, that's the thing I was wondering. I was like, wonder how long it's going to take Jeff to realize that they're like, it's the future and not another planet. <laughs> um, oh, this is on my list higher. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just just the lengths they went to for 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 all that just to make it look normal. Uh, you know, and it. It's interesting because, uh, at least to me, because the series is not like that. Um, there, there are points when they're they're kind of like in a normal setting, but for the most part, like everywhere they're going is kind of like a little bit out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just again, it's impressive that they're like, okay, right, this is how we're going to do it. You know, we're going to build out this real world, and, and I think they they really nailed it home. All right, I agree. I have more to say about this a little bit later, but. Basically everything you said, and I'll just add one more thing at the end. Um, Alex, number six. Oh, my number six is also the beginning and the end credit music video, which is, yeah, just fantastic. Amazing animation. I, I love the way that it was kind of black and white at the intro and then all in full color at the end, showing all the characters. And uh, I love, like, the little bits. Uh, one little detail was that when Spike gets off the subway and he just hands his headphones to some random guy, you see him at the end credit, like, jamming to the headphones that he got from Spike. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. And seeing all the uh, characters, just, like, Faye losing all their money again at the horse races and 
everybody doing like uh, some other extra little thing before they left Mars. That was cool. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's one shot in the intro that I just fucking love. Like, I, I don't know if it was even like it was like it was, uh, it was rotoscope. Yeah, the, I think a lot of it stops, was rotoscope. Yeah, like the guy stops, and looks at the camera, and does like the little like karate pose. Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, like Ooh. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, just like a just random dude just stops. Yeah. Anyway, I like the middle aged businessman that's just sitting on top of the mailbox. Going, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Like the the guy with the guy with the dreadlocks just kind of shrugs. Like yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of personality. Yep. Alright. My number six. What's up with that I, I this is my note. What's up with the touched girl who's part <laughs> I guess on the ship? That little girl whose arms <laughs> is animated totally different than anybody else. What Yeah. Is she even hey. human or whatever these people are? Like I, what the hell's up with her? So she's obviously like super smart. She's she's a hacker. Um, yeah, she's the oddball. Uh, but but yeah, they do go out of their way to like make her different from everybody and everything else that's going on. Where she's just basically made of rubber. Yes. Um. Yeah. No, she's just supposed to be a normal kid. They just like for whatever reason they they went to town on on making her kind of uh, hyper realistic. And she has the the pink cheeks the whole time. Yeah, she just looks different than any other person in this entire show. I was confused yeah. that she was supposed to be something. Like I said, I'm still not even sure where this whole thing has taken place and what's going on. So if she's some kind of alien, half alien, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right, right. She's got arms like the inflatable people outside the auto shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they might have done that as a stylistic choice to accentuate like her her impishness, her... like. Uh, just childish fairy-like qualities because she's you know she's off in her own little world most of the time yeah she doesn't speak english for the first little bit like she's just mumbling and making weird noises (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, i i I do remember uh now that i think about it uh when when we saw it in the theater was a friend of ours uh, named russ and he hated her. <laughs> like he could not wait to get out of there to talk about how much he hated her. So I'm with you, Russ. I don't hate her. I just found her conf- weird and confusing. I did like that little bit of her where she's like, "All right, just stay put." <laughs> she's just the other kids. Oh, candy! And just runs off. Yeah, that made me laugh. All right, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is the music. Um, I, I love the Kano Yoko. Uh, so she has the, I, I don't know how much of this was done by her. I know it's the last, the last set track is her singing anyway. Um, but yeah, just, just like this end in the series, uh, these are all original songs. Um, they're all, the lyrics are kind of weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they, it, the music is so important to Watanabe and, and, and to connecting it to what's going on. Um, and there's a lot of scenes where the music matches up with, with, with the action. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy it all. The, the final track or the, for, for the final credits is, is very catchy. Uh, some, some of the tracks are pretty catchy too. I mean, even again, if the, the lyrics are a little weird and kind of inappropriate to what's going on, uh, you know, the, I, I, I love the, 
in the track when they when they go through the uh, the treatment the water treatment plant. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that one's pretty badass. Oh, uh, I like I like the little kind of choir, like the kind of angelic choir thing going on when they see the butterflies. Um, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's lots of, of great tracks in this, and uh, yeah, enjoyed it the first time. Still enjoyed it now. Okay, so my question, I like the music too. It's it's actually, that's my number four. Um, but Hey, me too. The, there was a couple songs I thought were, for the most part, like there was one or two I thought were a little weird. But my question was, these are the exact same songs in the Japanese version? Yes. Because like, one of those songs had the like, English lyrics, didn't it? So that's why I was... Oh, most oh, of them of, do, like, yeah. Like most of them do. Okay. That's, why, that's why they're probably a little off because they're written by Japanese people. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, they're all they're all English. And it's like that in the, the the series too. Not that most of the music was just instrumental though. Like a lot of jazz and stuff. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. jazzy. Yeah, like yeah. the 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 series is like that too. Mm. Okay, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is the overall just scene composition of like everything. It was for me at least. It was like a feast for the eyes. Like everything was uh, laid out where the characters were and every, everything made sense. Uh, whether it was like a boring conversation, it, it seemed like it, every scene was designed to play a part uh, to accentuate the story. It's not like, oh, it's just two people talking at a table. It's like, no, there's a bit more is going on with uh, the angles, the camera work, the cuts. I loved all of that. They did, they did cheat in one scene. Which one? See if you can guess which one I'm talking about. Well, what they do? It's 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 toward the end when they're all standing around, not moving, and there's just voices playing as they explain what they're going to do. Ah, uh, damn it! I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, it's a small gripe. Okay. No, yeah. It was just like it's just like somebody got somebody was like. We we need a little more exposition here, so they they pulled like the leave the weapon four in the car bullshit kind of. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, but, but they did that, not. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, did not take many shortcuts because I remember there was one scene that stood out for me is some guy walked behind a a table or a counter, but they may they could have easily just had like the table be completely solid, but no, it was like open at the bottom, so they had to animate the legs underneath, like stuff like that stood out for me, which. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely detail. Yeah. There's just this one shot where nothing was moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was cool. Like one one shot that uh, stands out was right at the beginning where you just see Spike's legs and he's walking, and the camera's like really low as he's walking to the convenience store. That was an awesome shot. It was simple, but it was it was just really cool. All right. Um. My number five is, where is this taking place? <laughs> so they say Mars a lot. So is this Mars? Yes. Or yes. Okay. But then why is there the Eiffel Tower and the World Trade Center and Chinatown? Because I think it's supposed to be, it's just supposed to be, yeah, just an amalgamation of, you know, humanity moved to... Uh, it's like Las Vegas. We went, we went somewhere and we just put all our stuff there. So yeah. in in um, in the series, you you find out later on, and it, it, small spoiler because it doesn't really affect the oral plot to anything. 
But you find out that, like, some time ago, before the series even starts, that basically the moon blew up. And Earth is basically, like, uninhabitable because of that. Gotcha. So, like, it makes sense that everybody was like, well, we we like the Eiffel Tower. We like the World Trade Center. Let's build it here. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, by the end of the movie, that's what I kind of had thought. And I knew they were at least in our solar system because they would mention Titan and Saturn and stuff. So, that's fine. I was just confused on why... It felt, a lot of times it felt like we were in New York, but then other times I would see stuff. And then at the end when the Eiffel Tower is there, it's like, what the fuck? But then I figured, okay, humanity is just transplanted. They would yeah. bring back some of the stuff that made it feel like home. And so, all right, I guess I kind of mm-hmm. understood what was going on there. Yeah, I, I really liked what they did to like show the kind of terraforming. Where they weren't, they weren't in a dome. They, yeah, they, it was just they a, like, like a giant weird... crater. That they build yeah, they, uh, the uh, like oxygen right. wall or whatever. Yeah, yeah, what, whatever was showing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like I, I never, I completely forgotten about that, and I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that in any sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Is but, that the very end when they showed that? I guess I'm now putting two and two together with the whole climate center and everything. I would wasn't yeah, even in, thinking in the, about that in the dogfight. You, you also see it in the end credits, but in, in the dogfight, in the um, beginning too. I think there's a short shot of the bebop coming in. Okay. Um, yeah, they never really explained it. And that's why they, there's that tunnel going out that the cars are driving in. It's like once you go past that, there's no more air. Yeah, it's breathable cool. air. Yeah, it's cool that they only, yeah, they're, uh, the people on this, you know, in this universe were very efficient. It's like, we don't have to terraform the whole planet. We'll just pick like a giant crater, crater build out as big as possible, and then, you know, terraform that little spot and then build tunnels to maybe other craters. So that they don't have to, you know, uh, maybe they didn't have enough resources to do the whole planet, or maybe not all at once. But I mean, they should have started the reactor. (laughs) Yeah, well, they haven't found it yet. Yeah. So, and then this in the series, do they just stay on Mars, or do they go to like Titan and Saturn and stuff? They they go to different places. Yeah. Okay. I I don't think they ever go to Titan, but no, yeah, they do. I don't remember. That's when the, the the girl was blind, and she needed the cure for the thing. Okay, but but they at any rate, yeah, they they do kind of space hop. And sometimes they're like stations, and sometimes there's asteroids and stuff. So. But do they do they stay within the solar system, or do they leave and go to? No, it's it's all pretty close. Yeah. Okay, like it's yeah, it's still our our solar system. All right, cool. Um, all right, Scott number four. Number four. This kind of follows up on what Alex was saying, but. Um, yeah, I just love all the, the cool shit that they're doing because it's animation. Like, stuff that would just never work in live action. Um, and mo- most of it having to do with how they kind of dramatized uh, a lot of the action. Like, uh, you, like Alex, you mentioned that low shot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I like how, like, the camera falls his head down and then his foot comes up to kick the guy. Yeah, that was cool. Like, it, like and there's that kind of stuff throughout the entire movie. There's, like, close-ups of hands on guns. Like, <laughs> we just we just look goofy as shit in in, in live action, but it works. It's good here. There's all these weird kind of close ups. They're kind of like over the shoulder cameras when people are pointing guns at each other. Um, that look really cool. Um, you know, there's there's you know a few POV shots sprinkled in, um, and just just like during the fight scenes, they're doing really cool stuff. Um, you know, just the the constant angle changes. 
Um, and probably the coolest thing of all is a lot of it, like the camera's moving with the characters. Um, like you, you really see it in that, that fight with Elektra and him in the hallway um, when he gets in close. Yeah. And like when she, I think it's like when she's about to break the broom, um, like the camera like goes with her arm to, to break the I just motion. <laughs> you guys can't see what I'm doing. No, we can't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just like again. This is this is what you know. Animation affords you when you're doing this stuff, and uh, they 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 made the most of it as far as the action is concerned. Anyway, pretty cool. Like, there's once the one shot I really liked, and this is I don't know at the end when uh, the the big fight at the top of the Eiffel Tower when his name Spike. Yep. Yeah. He pretty much does a Bruce Lee pose where he's like backing up, doing the hand. I just thought that, was, and the way it was like kind of blurry because you think it was a he was in the background. And it was over Vincent's shoulder or something. I don't know. I thought it was just cool in the way he was doing the little yeah. moves there. That, that's uh, Jeff. I, I it's cool that you caught on to that because he's hundred yeah. percent supposed to be doing Jeet Kune Do the whole time. The the Bruce Lee fighting style. Yeah, it was badass. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, uh, Alex, number four. Uh, is the music. I love the soundtrack to this movie. Uh, I used to have it somewhere, uh, but now I have Spotify, so I'll just look up all the songs again because it's freaking amazing. Right from the beginning to um, the the song that they have during the dogfight, at least the first one, uh, It's I remember it's a track called What Planet Is This? They took all the, uh, the VO, uh, the vocals from it for the movie, but it's still an amazing track. Um, if you if this stuff is on Spotify, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'll search for it because because I, I don't I don't think it was the last time I looked. Mm, okay, I have Spotify up right now. Uh, nope. Oh wait, shit. But anyway, keep keep talking. <laughs> yeah, no, that was it. The music is fantastic. Uh, they have a lot. Of, it ranges. From uh, really jazzy stuff to uh, uh, orchestral, like, choir stuff, like you mentioned, with the butterflies, to, like, some hardcore techno uh, Matrix kind of shit. Really cool all around. I, I agree. My number four is music as well. I know there was one or two scores I, or cues I thought were a little weird, but for the most part, I really did did dig the music. And if it is on Spotify, I will at least give it a second listen to see if I really like it, like, outside of the the movie. Um, yeah, it's definitely, like, um, so this came out in when? This is, like, very Matrix-y, too, right? With some of their fight scenes in the with the music going along with, I think, like, the bank, not the bank scene, when they break in, right, at the, Jesus Christ, I haven't seen the Matrix in forever. The big gunfight scene in the lobby of the... Yeah, okay, I think it was yeah. a bank, wasn't it? Uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But you know, as soon as they drop the bags and they start, the, you know, the music kicks off and they start blowing everyone away, like that's kind of what some of these scenes felt like for me. And I know that those guys got a lot of stuff from anime. Although I think Matrix came out before this, at least the movie. I don't know yeah. about the show. Yeah, I think I think Cowboy Bebop probably already finished animating before Matrix came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they basically were out around the same time. Yeah. Um. All right, that's my number four as well. So, Scott, number three. Number three. So, the one thing I really didn't care for, um, the very first time I saw it, and I, and I didn't like it any better this time around, is kind of what happens to Faye in this. 
Yeah. Um, I, I just... I, I don't think it does anything for, for her character. It doesn't do anything for Vincent's character. Um, yeah, then she just, like, shrugs it off like it's nothing. It's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, like, it could have been worse, and 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 it, and it was still, like, you know, it's anime, so they're still kind of kind of sexualizing her at the same time. And, um, yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I didn't like what happened to her when she, when she finds Vincent. Um, like, at least the... The kind of <laughs> the uh, I I don't know how to not call it rapey. <laughs> uh, it was rapey. Yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. And it, yeah, it just, it just doesn't do anything for her character. Um, so yeah, I still didn't care for that. Like, I, it's a it's a kind of a weird choice because yeah, she's she's definitely like hypersexualized in in the in the movie and in the and in the series, but she's also like like really tough and she never gets really put in a situation that she, that she's in in the movie now uh so yeah it's just it's a little off-putting uh, yeah but so, what if it was man <laughs> if it was man then then i wish it would gone further <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right uh alex number three my number three is the dog fight it was Spike against three other Jeps from, they just kept calling him the army. It's just an all-encompassing military force that has everything. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, Spike just had to use his wits, really. He didn't really, because um, his ship has guns, and it has, like, not only that big laser, but regular, um, like, Gatling guns. But he doesn't really get the opportunity to use them because he's always running from these guys. So the way he uses his environment to his advantage, and he... He creates like obstacles to get rid of the the other jets. It was amazing. Some of the shots are just pure gold. Yeah, I I, I loved it. Got a little more to say about it in a second. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my number three as well. Dogfight. I mean, I, all the action scenes I kind of grouped here, but that was the the ones that was pretty cool, and the music definitely helped. And there were some spaceships. I like spaceships. <laughs> Yeah, there were some cool looking fighters. Even the military ones were pretty awesome. It's, it's there was one fucking awesome shot where where Spike has to basically loop back around, and he comes back up and comes back down. You see him like straining to do it. Like all the shots yeah, from the, inside cockpit the cockpit are really effective. Awesome. Yeah, um, but the other ships follow him, but they they're like way more advanced, and they just kind of flip over so that they don't have to do the full kind of parabola to get back around to start chasing him again. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. All right. Scott, number two. Number two is the dogfight. Uh, yeah, just kind of what you guys were talking about. Um, it's just one of the more interesting, you know, dogfights in any movie. Um, because you get to, because it's animation, you get to see the whole thing. Um, you know, imagine, imagine the Top Gun fight if it was all from like a big wide shot. <laughs> it, it just, it would look silly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, they get some, they do some cool things where, like, when he's in a trench for back of a letter term, the camera actually shakes to, like, show that, like, oh, it's, it's shuddering for him inside the, the cockpit, you know? Yeah. If you do that in a movie, it's gonna look like Star Trek when they're on the bridge and everything's shaking, and it just doesn't really, it's not very effective, so, uh, but yeah, one, one of the more interesting dogfights in any movie, um, and it, it, it is super cool. 
All right. Alex, number two. My number two is the hand-to-hand fight choreography in this movie. It's just, it's top-notch. I have one gripe is that they, for whatever reason, they chose to shoot behind, like, these very thick bars when he was fighting Vincent at the end for, like, one, one shot. And, but their action was so cool. I was like, "Why are they hiding this? I want, I want to see this." And that frustrated me. But the, <laughs> but the rest of it was amazing. The fight with Electra with the broom is like, why is he brushing <laughs> the thing? Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Ridiculous. That whole fight was amazing. Uh, all the stuff with Vincent, the the shootout in the train. It was all uh, the, tra- the train. The train that fantastic. That, that that last shot when he's holding the grenade and the camera pulls out. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, that's good shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two, Scott mentioned earlier, was the opening credits. Um, it felt to me like the opening credits of a live action movie. Like, and it was just a. If it was a movie, it would be like B-roll. But you're like, oh, no, this is animation. So this is anything but B-roll. Like all the effort you yeah, put in yeah, just yeah. a guy walking down the street of New York or wherever, you know, it's supposed to be. Like it's – I liked it. I could – even I'm not a big animation fan. I could tell this was something that was going to be cool. Didn't quite live up to me – live up to the opening credits for me. But I did think the opening credits were really cool. And it, it felt like, okay, I'm not into a, a normal cartoon. This is going to be very live action-y. And a lot of the shots, like I said, it, it's the beginning of a lot of movies, especially like in the eighties and nineties of just, like I said, just setting up the city and just normal people. Mm-hmm. I want to say like the beginning, like Beverly Hills cop or something. And they show what it's, what it's like in Detroit, right. And just different shots going throughout the city and, or, uh, die hard die with hard the vengeance. vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So just like that, that's what it felt like to me. So really cool. All right. Uh, Scott, number one. Number one is is the last fight. Uh, it just one one of the better um, end fights, boss fights, whatever you want to call it. Um, not just animation, but <laughs> boss fights. But 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 in any movie, um, just all the you know again it's animation, so they're getting away with all those like whip kicks and um, and it, it goes back and forth between them, um, kind of fighting each other off uh, to just getting brutal with like that that final kind of overhead I don't even know how to describe it where he like does a full pivot like low and comes around the top like to hit him with the heel of his foot like like that would never work in real life um but here it looks amazing um just the kind of the kinetic energy of them like hitting each other um it, it really shows um, and yeah, it's just definitely a good way to to end the action of the movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, one of the things that I didn't mention with the fight choreography is that it was one second it was like really fluid with the, both of them like blocking and countering and stuff, and the other one it just seemed like a street fight when like Vincent just grabs one of his wounds and starts right, like really yeah. crunching it, and it was just like a brutal beatdown, and then it yeah. goes back to like a ballet. Yeah. And then like Spike like elbows him like two or three times in the face right, yeah. from behind like ah. What um, one, one last note on that? Um, I think they again you'd have to watch the series to kind of get this, but I thought they did a really good job with with Vincent like making him formidable because in the series, they, again a lot of, a lot of the episodes are what they call kind of filler episodes. So the 
there's not like a whole lot of tension there. But basically, obviously in the series, Spike's a badass. Um, and he does come across people that can kind of go toe-to-toe with him, but he usually comes out on top. Um, so for them to have a character that can dish it out to him like that, it was, it was really cool. If, if you're a fan of the series. Mm-hmm. With Vincent. All right. Alex, number one. Oops. Uh, my number one is just the crew of the Bebop. It's been years since I've watched the series. Uh, so it was nice seeing all, you know, my favorite characters again, uh, being in the ship, uh, Jet being the old salty dog. It's like when everybody's off the ship, he doesn't know where anybody is. He's like a concerned parent, like, but he doesn't want to seem like a concerned parent. It's like, I don't care where they are. I could just leave right now. (laughs) But he doesn't. He just waits around. And, uh, Ein, the dog that we didn't say anything about, he doesn't get to do much in, in the movie, but he's a cute dog. And uh, Edward just going around, uh, following her own leads. Uh, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, I miss seeing the crew of the Bebop. It was great. Yeah, I love these characters. And what? Yeah, what? Just one more note on Ayn. Like, I so very early on in the series, Ayn comes into the picture. He's he's basically supposed to be like a genetically modified dog that's super smart. Yeah. But he, but he can only like bark and do other dog stuff. So one of the kind of funny things throughout the entire series is that nobody ever catches on to this fact. Like nobody realizes that they've got this dog that's probably worth like, like, like in, in yeah, context billi- of the series, billions of wulongs. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like <laughs> that, that, that. Nobody ever knows. I think Ed knows and just doesn't care or suspects yeah, anyway. She, she keeps it a secret. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, no one ever realizes that the dog's actually like super smart. The same, it's the same thing in the movie. When Jeff, what's playing, your number one? It was playing chess or whatever the hell they were doing. Yeah, shogi. Yeah, shogi. Um, all right, uh, my number one is I really dug the animation in this, uh, but it suffers from being the anime character styles, which is bug me. As soon as Spike showed up with his hair and his the Jap- anime facial features I just groan I, uh, but the animation itself I really liked so that's it's, it's good and bad for me I think it's more the character models that I don't like and it's weirdly some parts the inconsistency really bugged me like I already mentioned with the that girl and then there are times when he's running and his legs are super long and I don't know if that's what's going on there but for the most part I really dug it like you guys mentioned the fight scenes all the POV shots we talked about the intro i Dug all that. Just, I see that, that, whatever to me, it's that anime style of the characters, and I just, it, it's just, it's a it's a hard sell for me. But, I did like the animation itself. That's my number one. Hmm. Agreed. Okay. Don't come in here with the anime bullshit, I'll fail your test. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, any honorable mentions? Uh... I think Alex covered all mine in his list. I think I covered uh, mine too. I just had two small things. One, that the guy who was kind of like working with Vincent at the beginning ends up getting killed. Like when she finds him the one time when he has his little keyboard belt thing. I don't know what the fuck that was. That was stupid. And then um, that, red, <laughs> that one scene where they're looking. the Who was it looking? Was it 
the little girl and the dog and they're trying to find and they open the door and some tranny opens. I was like, what the hell is going on there? That was weird. Yeah, I don't know where they're quite mm-hmm. going with that. And then when she when he finds out that she's a girl, he's like, yeah, I have a reputation to uphold. Or whatever. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's a story of history behind, you know, LGBTQ plus depictions in anime. All right. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was weird and, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, as we usually do, let's rate this movie. We do it on a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. So, Scott, what would you rate this movie? Uh, this is tough. So, um,. So I've seen this movie a ton, but I hadn't watched it in a while because it, it was one of the few movies that I own because I, I used to get migraines all the time. And I would put on like a few different movies and just fall asleep watching them. And this was one of them. Um, it was a very breezy quality to it for me. Um, this time around, it wasn't quite as easy of a watch. Because, yeah, like like Jeff pointed out, some did start to drag. Um, I, I got to kind of take points away from like as a standalone movie because you need to know you need to have seen the whole series to fully appreciate it um but yeah it's still some great action some great animation i love the, the voice actors and the characters um but yeah it's still tough for me um so i'll give it a five okay alex uh, i don't feel so bad now because yeah i mean as uh nostalgic i am for all these characters as much as i love the series um yeah, I have to take yeah points away for uh, some of the scenes dragging. Like I yawned a couple times, and I'd never done that before when watching this movie. It was like, oh okay, uh, and uh, yeah, the whole scene with Faye. It's like even it it hasn't aged well, like not at all. Like before, I just like played it off, but now it's like mm, no. So I'm gonna have to give this movie a five as well. Okay, um, I'm giving this movie a four. I did not. Like it, did not hate it. It's right in the middle for me. There are parts I like. There are parts I didn't like. It was pretty. It was, it was a tough watch. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> but I can say I'm glad I at least watched it. And uh, yeah, didn't not like it. So right in the middle for me. All right, that's and, a win. Yeah, you guys forced me to watch a movie that you guys give fives to. So I that's like the best case scenario, and that's terrible. <laughs> I can't even wait to see this other crap you have on your list. But anyway. We'll Man, stick to Studio Man, Ghibli Jeff, from now on. As 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 I, I pointed out, I don't know, gosh, it was a while ago, but both Mannequin and Mannequin 2 on the move are on the list, Jeff. Yeah, seven. One, one right on top of the other. Yeah, well. <laughs> Herman Head can go screw himself. <laughs> Isn't he in one of these? And I know Control. <laughs> oh, why don't we just watch Big Trouble in China? <laughs> you called him Herman Head. <laughs> <laughs> I he's, forgot what his last name was. Yeah, he's, he's in the he's in the second one, uh, Mannequin Two on the Move, mm-hmm. um, along with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's great. Christy Swanson or Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Gellar. It's, 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 it's uh, Christy Swanson. Mm. All right. Wait. Well, what's our crossover topic, uh, Scott? Uh, top over topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crossover topic is uh, Top 5 Dogfights. So I'll go ahead and start this off. Um, So number 5 is basically the entire last act to Independence Day. 
Um, oh shit! Damn, that's good. Um, Wait, the last act? It's not the entire last act, but there's there's a massive dogfight that goes on for like twenty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody have any more missiles? missiles? That's right. Get them out of there, Robert Loja. <laughs> Um, and it ends oh, I with, said it as Robert Loja, but it was actually Bill Pullman. It's Pullman that does the missiles line, yeah. It's, it's Loja that says, get him out of there, right, though? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, no, it was Pullman that says, get him out of there. Loja says, doesn't anyone have any more missiles, right? No, no, no. Well, I think Pullman around. says them both. Yeah, shit. Does Pullman say Oh, well, both? we'll have to watch the movie then. You made a decision that counts the line with thousands of American pilots? <laughs> I think that, that was Loja. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, it, and it ends with the super saccharine uh, Randy Quaid sacrifice. <laughs> Jeebus age, I can't watch tear, it. I still can't watch it. Tear rose <laughs> close my eyes. Just, just thinking about it. Um, it's cringe. Yeah. A bunch of dudes that like know how to fly biplanes are given F-14s. <laughs> and they all mm-hmm. manage to land them safely. That's the most amazing part. Not the aliens, <laughs> not, not any of that. But they managed to take off and land these jets that they've never flown before in their entire lives. Um, but yeah, the dogfight '94 is pretty entertaining stuff. Nice. Okay. The final one that is. All right, Alex, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is actually from another anime, uh, a long series. It's one of my favorites called Robotech. I know Scott knows. Uh, this was the first time where I saw a dogfight. Like, well, besides the Star Wars movies, but in a grand, like a huge scale. Like, to me, when I was a kid and, and I saw this, it was even bigger than, you know, uh, the Star Wars. With all the ships and, like, firing missiles and, like, dozens of explosions going off at a time. And, uh, trans- I mean, the jets transformed into human-sized people. I mean, giants, like, you know, in the middle of a dogfight and then turned back into jets. It was amazing. All right. Starlight. Flashing. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Lin Min May. She's the worst. She's the worst. Close, close to the worst anime character ever. All right, uh, my number five, and I don't have a specific one, but there were a few Starbucks dogfights in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Damn, yeah, that's that I too. really yeah. liked. And there was, I know there were some specific ones with like. I think Scar. There was like a named Cylon Raider or whatever. There were some cool fights. <laughs> he, I hear he eats nuggets. <laughs> the one thing I liked about their fights is they... It's not Star Wars where there's spaceships that follow aerodynamics in space. These are actually the spaceships <laughs> yeah. fighting like they're in space. And so they'll just flip on their axis like no business and just turn around. Like do really cool stuff like that. And I always thought... The BSG fights were awesome in that movie. And, you know, you'd have to watch 12 episodes to get a single dog fight because the budget <laughs> doesn't allow yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. but when they happened... It was just them coming back to the hangar. Well, that was a close yeah. one. Oh, talk about B-roll. BSG, the, the ships landing in the hangar was B-roll every single time. They had, like, one <laughs> yeah. shot. And it was the... the oh, I forgot the name of their starships now. But they could fly in and bounce on the in the hangar bay. Oh, yeah. It was a laugh. But uh, yeah, I can't partic- single one. Just any nice, basically, usually Starbucks uh, dog fights in Battlestar Galactica is my number five. Scott, number four. Number four is Dunkirk. Um, just okay. so so they're all they're all. It was a very interesting take, where basically all all the the dog fights are from the cockpit of the Spitfires that the the SAS guys are. 
or the Royal Air Force, the RAF guys, sorry. The RAF guys are, are flying. Um, so you see them track around, and it's all just the cockpit and the, the movements, and it was still managed, so well shot, it was still very intense. Um, and uh, Tom Hardy's in it, he says like two words in the whole movie, um, but, you know, they he's got to mark off, chalk off the fuel, because <laughs> his, his fuel gauge is busted, so you just basically got to guess with a piece of chalk about what's going on. Um, yeah, just, it was super intense and I, I'm assuming realistic, um, <laughs> you know, so certainly more realistic than just about anything else anyway, or at least on the right, a closer track anyway. Uh, but yeah, the Dunkirk stuff I thought was very interesting. Nice. I've seen that movie, but I don't really don't remember too much about the dogfights. I know they're in there, but I just, they're not sticking out for me. But so I, I really love that movie. But. Yeah. So I think there's, there's just like kind of the one dogfight in the middle and then that's basically it. But they keep going back to them in the cockpits and stuff. And it's all from the same point of view. All right. Alex, number four. Battlestar Galactica. Like, I loved it whenever they got in their ships. It's like, oh, are we going to see a dogfight? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that's the one. I mean, it's it's overused a bit now, but they pioneered the... Uh, the I don't know what you call it, the steady cam that would like would look at a star field but then zoom in really close yeah. and then oh there's there's ships there. This is like that I couldn't identify before. It's what it would the, do like the blur and then it'd be, it would focus. Yeah. yeah. And that was quick pan awesome. quick pans and stuff, like and they would deploy the Battlestar Galactica like it was a like a weapon, right? Like you'd see this the craft would come out, but then all its turrets on the Battlestar itself would start, and there would just be so much like Tracer fire and ammunition. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, awesome. Stay away from the firing solution. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. My number four, and I'm gonna, you guys may not allow it because I don't know if this is considered a dogfight. It's two spaceships and they're fighting, but they're big spaceships. And it's more of a cat and mouse than a dogfight. Animals all around. <laughs> and it's. And I get the ships right. One of them is a Starship Enterprise, mm-hmm. but not piloted by Captain Kirk. It's piloted by Khan. <laughs> and is it the Reliant? Which one are they in? I don't remember. Which one is Kirk in the game? Uh, but anyway, he uses the yeah. whatever space clouds they're in to shield their cat and mouse. They're the going when he keeps and yeah, they're the trying to find each other, and he pops up and Kirk. Blows him away. I think that's a really cool. That's fight. that's some awesome shit there. So I will allow it just on that alone, yeah. Jeff. I'm gonna allow it as well. It's, <laughs> it's more, it's more like yeah, capital capital ships going at each other yeah. from hell's heart. Naval, it naval warfare. But still, buried alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Buried yeah, alive. it's more buried like uh, pirate ships fighting each other or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it's really cool. So, did you know the name of the other ship, Scott? It Damn. was the Red October, I think. <laughs> the Red October. Um, yeah, you know Scratch what? I don't. It. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've never been I'm like sure that much of a. People are yelling at us right now. I've never been a that much of a Star Trek nerd, to be quite honest. All right. All right. Well, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, Top Gun. Uh, the the final engagement. Uh, where where Maverick uh, like doesn't join the fight and then he does join the fight and it's awesome 
Um, just the there's a lot of like camera tricks to, <laughs> to kind of fake the action, but you know you, you get enough stuff coming from the actors and uh, just the music. Um, and it's just fucking awesome. <laughs> and then a bunch of people joined the Navy right afterward. Uh, Damn right, it was awesome. And then they 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 meet up the ship, and uh, you can be my wingman, and bullshit, you can be mine, and uh, and then they probably bone afterwards. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's just it's cool. Um, I, I do I do like the idea that that Maverick uh, just basically fucks off for like five minutes. Nobody knows where he is. He does show up, saves the day. And nobody has a problem with the first part. <laughs> I'm sure Strickland would have had a problem. Wait, with what? Sorry, I missed it. So he's supposed to be with him the whole time, and he's not. Yeah, he bailed on his wingman, but yeah, then he came back. And then he came back, and he saves the day and everything. And nobody dies on the, on the, on the good guy side. Anyway. And nobody has a problem with that first part. Yeah. Well, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this during the the view of Cowboy Bebop. There was one scene in the dogfight where the ship blows up and he starts, the guy parachutes out. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this, G.I. Joe? And then, like, the explosion hits him and the guy just disintegrates. Did you guys see that? <laughs> I missed that. No, I saw yeah. it in the parachute. I didn't realize he got it. caught in the, the parachute. Yeah. I was like, what is this, G.I. Joe? And then sure enough, like, whatever he... Another explosion hits him, and it looks like he got incinerated by, like, <laughs> the thing. No, it's very it. possible, because, yeah, people are getting shot in the head in this movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's one of the very few rated R animated movies that I really like. So, there it is. All right. Well, Alex, what's your number four, three? I don't my know number three yeah. is another anime movie uh, from Studio Ghibli this time. It's called Porco Rosso. And it's it's well, it's a bit straight. It's a bit more cartoony. It has a bit more of a uh, the character design is a bit more like Popeye-ish with some guys and stuff. So it's it's very lively and upbeat. But it's all about these uh, seaplane pilots, and they're all in prop planes, and it's all about dogfighting and stuff. There's some just some great action there. Oh, the main character is Michael Keaton as a pig. There you go. Yeah, it's a, everybody else is humans, but for some reason he got cursed. And he's this big anthropomorphic pig that they kind of don't explain. <laughs> it's really weird. But the action is fantastic. The seaplane designs are amazing. And, uh, yeah, happy ending at the end. All right. Cool. My number three is a dogfight that has a dog in it. <laughs> is it from and Up? It's not from Up. It's actually just a song. Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's good stuff. This is the song my dad introduced my brother and I to when we were kids. And it's Snoopy versus the Red Baron by the Royal Guardsmen. And if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. They... It's about how Snoopy takes on the World War One German pilot. Luftwaffe. The Red Baron. Oh, the Red Baron. Um, they, there is some animation. I don't know. I don't know for the music, but... They definitely animate him, like, imagining that he's flying. Yeah, I think that happens in a lot of Snoopy cartoons. But the song, I think, is separate from that. Okay. uh, okay. I think. Did Um, you guys... Have you guys seen the the latest 3D animated movie? Peanuts? Yeah. It's surprisingly good. 
Like uh, it's it's an underrated gem in my book. That's what I heard. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's got some really good, like you were saying, some Snoopy and uh, Red Baron scenes in it too. So I thought that's where you were going with this. But no, yeah, I recommend I, it. Uh, well, I recommend the song. Go look it up. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. I'm in. Let's stick it to song. All right. Between that and Vince Yeah. Uh, so, uh, number two, going back to Robotech, sort of, um, is Macross Plus. Oh, I thought about that. Yeah, that was uh, a good one, too. So, Fucking this, whole, this whole movie is, is about uh, fighter jets, basically, in the future. Um, at least in the, in, the, in the future, in the setting of the Macross universe. Um, and, yeah, the, the final dogfight with the song and everything. Uh, it's it's pretty damn cool. Um, so, uh, you, on one hand you have a human pilot, and the other hand you have like an AI aided pilot, and you, know, you see who's gonna win. It's really cool. Oh, there's also the um, the other pilot that has his brain hooked up, so he has to think, and the ship moves. That's 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 the one I was talking about. Like, there's one that's completely piloted by AI. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it becomes like a. Three-way dogfight yeah. at some point. So, so yeah, it's awesome. Yep, Macross Plus. More anime, Jeff. You should get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not seen that. Alex, number two. Top Gun. You can't have a, a dogfighting list and not have Top Gun in there. It's one of the greats. Uh, great choreography, great camera tricks, except for <laughs> when he's flying inverted. <laughs> that doesn't hold up at all. But everything else, all, like all the practical stuff and some of the the cuts and the cheats that they make, just awesome filmmaking. I agree. This is my number two as well. Um, this was it came to my mind instantly. When this list was uh, proposed. So, so I love. Top, so don't get me wrong. I love Top Gun. It's because I already started poking holes in this. <laughs> if if getting caught in jet wash is awful. Why would why would he think that doing the inverted thing would would be safe? Just well, he did the say. inverted thing first. Yeah, like, the inverted jet, thing happens at the beginning be of the movie. I'm just saying it would be good. It seemed like that would be a good way to get caught in somebody's jet wash, assuming you didn't run into them yeah. physically. He's reckless. <laughs> yeah. He's a maverick. Yes. He's his call sign. Mm-hmm. That's why they, they get pissed off him from breaking the rules, and he doesn't learn until Goose dies. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Eesh. Oh, no! <laughs> Talk well, to the goose. Yeah, I mean, this movie always has a special place for me because it was like the first adult movie I saw in the movie theater besides Ew. Star Wars. Yeah, not porn, obviously. But <laughs> like, not, not a Disney cartoon and not Star Wars. I'm pretty sure this was the first movie I saw in the movie theater. Um, but I've always loved it. We had a VHS copy of this. We watched it a million times and... I still think, I mean, because it wasn't CG, and yeah, I guess that one effect doesn't hold up, but everything else, it's yeah, that's because it's real, real, real flying. Yeah, real so. jets going, going out there, and Viper. Yeah, and like, I, just the whole thing is they don't explain the the terms they're using, which I think is just cool. Like, you know, use my Rio and all this stuff. I, you don't know what that is, but who cares? Just watch it. went below the hard deck. Yeah, what the fuck's a hard deck? I don't know. Jet wash, yeah, what the fuck is that? I don't know. Just enjoy they it. never explained how mm-hmm. Tim Robbins could fit in a cockpit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how anybody except for Tom Cruise can fit in a cockpit. 
um, the old stop up move. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not sure how that works, but it works. Every movie since has done it. There was just a movie recently that came out where they that was a thing, right? Didn't they do that in was Solo? Like, yeah, I was gonna say it's one of the Star Wars movies. I think <laughs> they did that. <laughs> so, Ernest P. World does it with Santa Santa Slay. Air breaks. <laughs> Goddamn artist. Um, all right, Scott, number one. Number one, so of course it's going to be from Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought about this, so ah, it technically Return, just basically Lando, that whole sequence of him flying through the core and coming out with Wedge behind him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty good, but I. I don't even know if this counts as dogfight at this point, but the trench run, at least the end of it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of dogfighting, yeah. The entire, yeah, yeah, entire battle is a dogfight. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, again, I've, I've mentioned it many times, but the, the Han, the Millennium Falcon coming out of the sun is the still one of the, the coolest, like, moments, anyway, in, in all of movies. so fucking cool, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is coming from somebody that's not the level of Star Wars fan that you are, but yeah, that's that's just some. Still get kind of goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, number one, the the tra- yep. just call it the trench run more specifically. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex. Number one. Uh, my number one is Return of the Jedi. I loved all the the technical feat that they had for all the fighters going in there. It was cool seeing them like weaving. In and out, and like through the capital ships, some TIE fighters not quite making it and getting like uh, ramming into some and just poofing <laughs> into non existence. Uh, A wings going in and out, the Millennium Falcon just taking out fools left and right. It's, it's amazing. It's a feast for the eyes. I agree. And my number one Star Wars as well. And I was going back and forth between those two, but also Rogue One. Great dogfight battle. Yeah, yeah that that's one. true. Yeah, and and, um, and the new movies, there's not much dogfighting. But I will say, when Ray flies the Millennium Falcon for the first time, the little Tie Fighter dogfight was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, but just the significance of the first one, um, and you know, Lucas was basically ripping off dogfights from World War II movies to do that stuff. So it definitely counts. And like, while the death, the trench runs great. But just, you know, Wedge and them fine and blowing uh, TIE Fighters out. That's just Sorry. all part of it. <laughs> uh, blasted Biggs, where are you? I'm on it, Luke. Um, yeah, it's got to, for me, it's got to be the trench run for for just the importance. But I love Return of the Jedi when they come out of hyperspace and it's a trap and all of a sudden there's, there's TIE Fighters everywhere. And, uh, uh, that thing's operational. Yep, really cool. And I will even say uh, you can have the Obi-Wan Jango Fett dog. is a little bit of a dog fight there. More of a chase, I guess, than a dog fight. But that's a. That's like so you're cool. looking for. Uh, like awesome bombs. De- yeah. Some, uh, a nugget in that movie that's decent. And, uh, Fire! Yeah. Star Wars. There it is, Number Star one. Wars. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Here's $10. Go watch a Star Wars. Go watch a Star Wars. <laughs> Um, I have two honorable mentions. One is more Star Wars, but it would be the TIE Fighter video game. All that game yeah, is is so dogfighting. Fucking cool, yeah. <laughs> and since I've been playing that recently, it came back to my mind. Um, 
And I had ID4, but I had just specifically the Will Smith alien dogfight at the beginning of the movie. Where he's yeah, chasing cool. him through the desert canyon and when that's how he captures it and all that stuff. So that was my specific one from that movie. Nice. Any other honorable mentions? Yeah. Hot Shots part do you? Okay. <laughs> Wait, is this? No, this was the first one, actually. Never mind, it's Hot Shots. He gets in, uh, Topper Harley finally gets in the jet, he comes back. <laughs> Just Much like Tom Cruise and Top Gun. And he's so good that he goes in between planes and he just <laughs> slaps the planes back and forth until they fall down. It's ridiculous. I love it. Yeah. All I remember from that <laughs> is like the Top Gun spoofs when they tell him to eject and he hits the button and just like the VHS top tape pops out of his <laughs> yeah. console. Drops yeah. a bomb on Saddam. <laughs> like he keeps he keeps running in. He's like, lost lost left engine. There goes the right. Oh, lost wing. <laughs> Keep your nose up. <laughs> Eventually, just his cockpit lands flat on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So there's this new documentary going around. Everybody's talking about it uh, with the greatest to ever play the game. I didn't think AC Green was that great, personally. <laughs> Do tell. Am I missing something? Uh, are, are we talking? Which sport are we talking about here? Isn't it basketball? Right. You yeah, tell I got us, one Alex. right. I mean, what 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 is what exactly about his game was it that you didn't appreciate? I mean, he was he was a solid player, but I think yeah, it got to his head. He was all about the ladies, so uh, <laughs> it kind of messed with. But towards the end of his career, it kind of like yeah, you know, and then he just ended up signing autographs at the main place mall. So, so Alex, normally I, I so one of the, one of the rules of, of uh, improv is the yes and, but I'm gonna jump in here real quick. AC Green was. Famous for being like, like uh, celibate, a womanizer. Yeah, no opposite. Just the opposite. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that was the joke you're going for, Alex, or if you really didn't know that. Yeah. No, I knew that. Okay. Can't tell. Sometimes. I thought when he said went to his, I thought he said when he went to his head, it was like gave him the Jerry curl that he had going on up there. <laughs> he had some soul glow going on in the eighties. Soul, soul glow. glow. All right, sorry for stepping. Um, out I think you're talking about the video is called "Last Chance." By the way, you get the name wrong. Isn't it the last dance? Last chance. Last dance. I got the name wrong too. Last chance. Last chance. Um, oh, is that what you said? Did you say last dance? Oh, I said the greatest that ever was. Is that like the the hyphen or the colon? Last so. dance colon the greatest that ever played the game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, to be. Uh, not jokey about it. Yeah, it's about Michael Jordan. I want to watch it. I haven't started it yet, but I think it's like a nine part or something. There's like a bunch of episodes. <laughs> Spoilers. He succeeds at basketball. <laughs> and he's not a good person. In baseball. What? And he's not a good person. Ah, uh, no. Well, yeah. Don't meet your heroes, kids. Yeah. Except for All Mr. Right. T. I hear it's- he's awesome. Yeah, I met him. It's time for Neum News! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was ya. Yeah. Okay, just uh, two bits for me. Uh, starting with a review. 
Uh, I actually watched the thing. Uh, streaming Finally. on Amazon Prime right now is Rambo Last Blood. I don't know if either one of you have seen this. Not yet. Nope. Jeff? Nope. All right. Well, it's it's pretty much what you would think it is. <laughs> Uh, without, without spoiling too much, um, there, there is some great A violence in this, uh, kind of carrying on from, uh, just Rambo, right? That was the, yeah, one before the fourth that. one. Yeah. Um, I will, I will spoil one thing in which I was immensely disappointed. Um, at no point in this movie does he put on the red headband. Oh. So I'm just going to. Let you guys know that now, so you're not disappointed like I was, because you kept waiting for it to happen because it doesn't happen. Does he still have that little jade Buddha that he got from the lady? Uh it's possible. I wasn't really paying attention. Oh, okay. Uh, does he shoot a chicken with his bow? He does not. As a as an arrow, <laughs> no. or whatever. No, he does. He does use the bow though. He, uh, he does use the bow. Um, so he's he's basically fought. The Viet Cong, the Russians, mm-hmm. the Russians again. <laughs> King shit. Oh, cops. sorry, sorry. Yeah, local cops. <laughs> um, <laughs> Viet Cong, local cops. Yeah, the, National Viet Guard. Kong and Russians. Then the Russians again. Then the Burmese. This this yes. time he's he's taking on the the Mexican cartels. So we keep oh no closer to home. I know, I need her. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, again, just uh, I I don't know that I recommend this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, there there is some there's definitely some some violence to this. I mean, that that overshadows everything else that the movie's trying to say or do, <laughs> just like in Rambo. <laughs> um, it's hard, it's hard to take everything seriously at the level of of, of people getting. Well, again, I don't spoil it. Uh, there's there's some gruesome stuff in this. So if if that's what you want to see, by all means, Rambo: Last Blood, <laughs> directed by Eli Roth. <laughs> it could have been any gorier. Uh, I mean, I like number four. No, I, I enjoyed. Rambo. I enjoyed Rambo. I, yeah, I would recommend so. Rambo. I, this one, I don't know. All right, uh, it's it's. You know what, Jeff? I, I, I'd say watch it. Like I don't think you'll hate it. Okay. Um. So yeah, Rambo. Uh, Have we done? We did First Blood and First Blood. Two colon Rambo two colon <laughs> what was it I don't know yeah we've done those first two part, first blood part two yeah first blood part two yeah. I don't think we've done three yet three no, or we three. ever will or we ever will uh, yeah, the movie's great so that that's the thing that I did uh, mm-hmm. the the other the other thing I want to talk about is you know just all this madness. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't heard more stories about something like this happening, but uh, just, just the other day, somebody broke into Disney's California Adventure. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. But unfortunately, the story isn't as fun as you would think. 
I guess it oh. wasn't like a fan. <laughs> it was just local transient <laughs> that, that was looking to steal oh. some shit. Um, but yeah, you got to think it would be kind of cool to get your own kind of guided tour uh, or, or ride the rides yourself. I mean, obviously you couldn't. <laughs> but yeah. but I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of something like uh, like the end of vacation. You know, just just your own personal amusement park for the day. Uh, yeah, I heard they caught him at, on the back the Hollywood backlot area, which it's like the worst part of both parks. Like, there's nothing there. Why would you go there? <laughs> well, if you're looking for food. Okay, there was no. F- oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Award winner. Award winners. Also, like, yeah, award winners. I, I mean, I'm I'm willing to guess this guy was not in his right mind. Um, yeah, but like, you got to think. Even now, there's still like a stupid amount of people that are watching those parks, like security. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know like, why the why, Like, if you thought about it for two seconds, the, Twin Lakes. Yeah. Just yeah. well, well, that's a secret though. Don't not many people know about that. Um, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's fine big thunder yeah, yeah. Um, if yeah if, if you thought more about it for like two seconds you'd be like yeah they're probably gonna know they're probably gonna catch you <laughs> so yeah just yeah you think though like that that's so that's Disneyland Anaheim the the Florida one is like way bigger like it's probably got it's probably a lot easier to actually sneak in and out if you really wanted to uh, so yes, I am. I am encouraging people to try it. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming in the Florida ones have already been retaken by the alligators. I'm yeah, pretty swamp, sure wildlife, swamp, the swamp yeah, land, the, is... the swamp has this, yeah. Nature um, always finds a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, hashtag Florida morons. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just thought it was funny though that that somebody tried to break into Disneyland. Um, and, I, and, and then someone's surprised that it hasn't happened sooner. Um, I, you know, give it another week, and there will probably be people like lined up. Well, you can't actually get in front of Disneyland anymore, but I, I don't know. In the in the parking lot in front of D- D- Downtown Disney, people protesting they can't get inside. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that, that's all I mm-hmm. really wanted to, to talk about this week. Everybody, everybody's parked at the Mimi's Cafe across the there street. There you go, uh, Tiffy's. <laughs> oh yeah, Tiffy's, Tiffy's too. About yeah. um, Godfather Pizza. There you go. Oh, that's been gone for <laughs> really? twenty-five years now. Dang. Um, all right, Alex. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I just learned something from. Uh, uh, Star Wars in Character, the podcast that we talk about every once in a while, we plug because they inspired this podcast. But they, because of you know everybody staying at home and this whole situation, they released some of their exclusive podcasts. And in one of them, there's this awesome little tidbit where they explain how Darth Vader got his Tie Advanced or his his custom Tie Fighter. And I always thought that he made him made it himself, right, Jeff? No, I didn't think that. I didn't really think too much about it, but oh, I always thought that he customized. He got a regular one and customized it himself. Turns out that there was, <laughs> I guess, there was uh, a dealership that actually made this as a prototype, and it was the first one. And they wanted 
Darth Vader to have it, you know, for promotional purposes. And I guess they had, like, a Star Wars version of, like, a car show and everything, and they had the salesman up there. And <laughs> Darth Vader and a bunch of other people were in attendance. But this car salesman was doing his thing, but he kept calling Darth Vader Darth. It's like, hey, Darth, you'll look great in this ship. Like, imagine yourself killing rebels. Huh? How about that, Darth? He got so fed up with this that he just force chokes the dude to death, hops in the TIE fighter, and takes off. And then he goes, you know what I like best about this? <laughs> <laughs> the price. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very amusing story. I'd never, I'd never heard before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's canon, too. It should be canon. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> no, I never... Th- all I remembered from the books when I was a kid is that it had a hyperdrive unit on it. So that's why it was different. And the one thing... So that's why he was able to get out of there. Because most TIE fighters don't have them. So how mm. he would have been stuck out in the middle of space and everything. So he had one on there. That's all mm. I remember. Yeah, I just thought he modified one himself. Because oh. he was a builder. Retrofitted yeah. with the shields in a hyperdrive. Yeah. It was super advanced. It was able to take more than a hit. Yeah. You got the job. I think then. that too, yeah, it had armor or something. You're right. I did hear that. Um, what's funny, I just learned from their podcast, give another plug, is that Biggs was the dad of the family that gets murdered. Um, not the uh, not family, but the husband and wife that gets murdered at the beginning of the 1989 Batman. So you know that family that gets killed at the very beginning and then Batman comes and you see Batman for the first time? You remember this? Uh, it's it's very similar to the Wayne's parents getting killed, but it's the be- yeah, I think you're supposed to think right. that, but it's oh, not. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's not go this way. It was like, ah, it's a shortcut. And the dad was like very stubborn about going down this dark alley. Right, and then he—he, he, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he kills him, but he—they steal from him, and then later on, they're, they're counting their their loot, and that's when Batman shows up in the. Who are you? But that was Biggs, and who investigates the crime scene is Porkins. Yeah, I knew about Porkins. I knew about Porkins too, but I, I did not know that was Biggs. I yeah. didn't know that was Biggs. So awesome! I think Wedge was in there somewhere. He already probably took off. <laughs> Sorry, you <laughs> <He> failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Classic witch. Yeah, he bails, but he still gets partial credit for the bust. <laughs> All right, anything else, Alex? Nope. All right, uh, for me, I've just been watching Better Call Saul. The season finale is tonight. I've watched every other episode up to that, so I'll finish that tomorrow. Really loving this series. Their last, the last couple episodes have been just like super good. Like last night, uh, you know, very tense, sitting on the edge of your seat. Um, it's where with prequels, you know what happens to some characters, but not everybody, you know, like they, they, they weren't in Breaking Bad. So what does that mean? You know, and stuff like that. It's pretty tense. Um, did that, like I said, I want to watch the last dance and, uh, that's it. I haven't really been playing many video games. I think I mentioned I kind of got from playing Arkham Knight or Arkham City again, but not very much. And, uh. That's all I got. Um, but you guys have anything else? Sorry, I'm rambling. No, uh, I think that's it for me. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, once again, go to patreon.com slash Hans shop first. Um, all costs is a dollar, but right now it's actually free to get us through this COVID-19. So please go over there, check out our stuff. Um, let us know what you think. 
Alex is releasing quotes from Springfield once a week, and that's about all you're getting right now because I am slacking big time and <laughs> having a hard time with Clone Wars. But I will get some content out. I was even thinking maybe I'll just do just random stuff. I, I don't know. I need to get some more content out there. But Alex is at least getting his stuff up once a week. Um, and really appreciate you guys supporting us and letting, letting us know what you think. Yeah, thank you. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay six feet apart. Serio. We at Hans Shop First want to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.